I'm Aaron Gallo. I'm Marty Hogan. And I'm Eric Berry. And we're from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. And you're listening to another great Four Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's your good pal, Steve-O, from the 4i Radio Network. I'm here to talk to you about a wonderful designer we all know, uh, Revenge Lover. Illustrates and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. And just do yourself a favor and tell them Steve-O sent you. I know it really doesn't count for anything, but, I mean, come on. Who's gonna, who are you going to trust? You going to trust somebody else? No, you're going to trust me, Steve-O. Because, face it, I'm awesome. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I think Chris posted it. Check that. I'll check Facebook Rangers. Guys got silent. Hello? Oh, you're, oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I'm over here. Hello? Hmm. Well, something's going on. <laughs> Why can't I hear you guys? Okay, we can hear you, but you can't hear us. That's weird. You you can hear me, right, AP? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. Hello? Hello? Oh my god. Poor Eric. It's always something with this podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Hello? 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 No, they're not muted. (laughs) Windows 10. That's weird. Not that you can hear me. Oh, I have such a headache, I just can't stand it! And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Come on, this. Today on the Power Hour, episode 49, Rangers Spoiler Fiesta, recorded on August 16th, 2015. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as The Cinema Slob. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey guys! Hey! Hey! We are back. Yeah. We're well. We're always back. we're always back. It just <laughs> it seems like it seems like longer. Like the last time we recorded to now when we're recording, it's it seemed longer to me. It does seem longer. You went to Boston, Mister Man. How was Boston? Well, Boston's pretty cool. I like it. I didn't have enough time to see really any of the the big sites or anything. But I will tell you that when I got onto the airport shuttle system to go get my rent-a-car when I first got there, the bus driver had super thick Boston accent. <laughs> I was immediately like, boom. That's awesome. Here it is. <laughs> and it's real. That accent is no joke. Yeah. No, it was fun. It's a gorgeous city with a lot of history. There's a lot of tunnels and bridges and water, and their roads are all screwed up. Their roads are a mess. Yeah, and not a mess there. in terms of quality of the roads. It's just that there's so many like weird intersections 
and cross streets and all this stuff. One of my friends in Boston who was at the wedding, he was telling me because the town is so old that they're streets are basically old farm paths and stuff and it's nuts trying to get anywhere you better have like a really good gps maps or something because Mm. (laughs) you get lost pretty easily i i got turned around a few times it's fun i think people should go there it's good and then my sunday flying back it was a nightmare (laughs) i spent 13 hours either in airports or in the air Yeah. But I had really good sushi at Baltimore's airport, so go Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we got a lot of news to cover. First, with a lot of Dino Charge news. So the episode descriptions that we talked about last episode, we finally have names for those. Episode 9 is actually airing a week early on the 22nd, but it premiered as we're recording this. This weekend, Nickelodeon.com released it online a week early after Power Rangers asked for 500 retweets, which, again, it's not a lot. It always amuses me how low they set the bar. I think they set it that low just to guarantee that it happens. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Originally, it was supposed to come back August 29th. Then they moved it up to the 22nd. And now we're actually getting it the 15th. So episode 9, by the time you're listening to this, has been out for a week now online. Or it just aired today as you're listening to it. So we will be reviewing episode 9 later in this episode. Episode 10 is the Royal Rangers, and that's when Tyrant shall be posed as Prince and Princess, blah, blah, blah. Episode 11 is called Breakout, and that's when Coda and the Rangers battle to save an arrogant prince and the gold and her gem. And then episode 12 is called Night After Nights, and the Rangers must demonstrate their value to persuade their latest ally, the Gold Ranger, but they find they do not have the willpower to do so when one of Soldier's monsters steals their courage. Episode 13 is called Sink or Swim, and that's the episode with a fun rivalry between Tyler and Ivan. And then we got episodes 14, 15, and 16, we got their descriptions and their titles and again these are all subject to change these are actually from a ranger board user he's also on twitter at t1m3r underscore fr and he is from france because now the big news is that france will be airing all of dino charge and they will actually complete the series by September 4th. You lucky so-and-sos. <laughs> <laughs> so let's read 14, 15, and 16. 14 is called Energy Disturbed. And Chase Mock Shelby, who is a fan of a pop band from New Zealand that she wants to go see in concert. But a monster attacks, and the rangers leave combat. Something is buried underground, and three rangers and Chase are unable to control Jaw Armor X. So I guess that's some new armor. These are just all translated, so... Right. So These aren't the best. Forgive English yeah. grammar failings, because... And it says Guardian, but I'm assuming Keeper. Yeah. So Keeper explains that Chase's attitude has upset his energy, and that's what prevents him to master the new mode. The monster's name is Gold Digger. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of weird. So Jaw Armor X, whatever they, they end up calling it, I think that's the uh, Dinos Grander, the big alligator-like 
weapons that the Black Ranger gets. Oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's what that is. Because that, again, was further along in Kyoryuger when you okay. didn't, you know, when you didn't follow along. From that description, that describes how it kind of went in Kyoryuger because at first uh, Ian could not control the wild energy of this mode. Is it like kind of like a Dino Steel mode, or is it just a new weapon? It's kind I'm, of like I'm a kinda... Dino Steel. Basically, it gives armor down both of his arms, ah. and then the weapons are kind of like digging shovel claws that when he puts them together, it forms like the, the jaws of the dinosaur. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, That sounds It was awesome. a fun weapon in Kyoryuger. It's fun to see it come to Power Rangers 2. Nice. Episode 10, we had the Royal Rangers, but... 15 is called a Royal Ranger. By discovering the graphite energem, Prince Philip decides to be generous towards the poor to show he is worthy to become a Power Ranger. But he will have to show other qualities to deserve to be one. Mm. Interesting. Yay, graphite! Woo! Before you keep going, I think it's worth noting that apparently these titles for 14, 15, and 16 might not be the titles that we get here. Uh, probably probably right. more translations. Yeah. And then 16, when cutting the links, Sheer Fear, a scissors monster, is sent by Sledge to cut the ties of friendship that bind the rangers to one another. He arrives almost, but breaks his scissors on the link between Coda and Riley. The others, no longer friends, decide to leave the rangers. Only the ingenuity of Kendall and the strength of friendship of Coda managed to repair the situation and overcome sheer fear. I kind of like sheer fear. Yeah. That's a cool name. I, like, I really name. like that name, yeah. I think these latest names have been kind of weak. Yeah. Like Puzzler. Ugh. Sounds like the Riddler or something, <laughs> which we'll get into. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think about France getting all these episodes and that they're going to have it done months before we do? I think it's nothing new. Right. I mean, we've seen this before. And we've had a whole episode. Right, about it. exactly. This is just the continuation of international distribution getting episodes ahead of time. What can we do, really, except for grin and bear it for the time being? That's something I'm, that needs to be taken yeah. control I'm of really, internally. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, yeah, it's disappointing, but it's not, like Zach said, it's nothing new. I'm sorry, can you guys hear that? Yeah. I can. Let me go take care of that. Now you've got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach's dog is subbing for your dog. Amy. Yes. That's perfect. <laughs> See, the universe balances itself yeah. out. It's fine. <sighs> Sorry about that. My dog saw a rabbit in the backyard, decided to go all Lenny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Lenny. <laughs> No, I, I was just telling AP that the universe has balanced itself out. You know? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, so it's really nothing new with these international airings. It, it's been going on for so many years now. This is what we've come to expect. You either avoid it or you go all in and download the episodes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I will say for Ranger Command to the listeners that are listening that we're going to respect the United States air dates. So we will do episode reviews much like we're doing now for episode nine. We will do the episode review 
either the day of, if it happens to release on the Saturday that we release a new episode, or the following week. Just so everyone isn't spoiled by what we're talking about, so Mm -hmm. everyone can continue to listen and enjoy the show. That's what we're going to do. Later, after the news, we're going to talk about episode 9. It's kind of cool for us, because we can see the episode before we record, and we can still hit the date that it airs. So, it kind of works out for us. (laughs) We will not post spoilers on our social media accounts, nor will we link to anyone posting said spoilers. You're not going to see any retweets that are going to spoil anything from us. So. Yeah, I might post something like, hey, I thought this episode was good or something yeah. like that, but I'm not going to tell you what the plot points are or anything. Yeah, we'll forget about it when we do our episode review, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, we'll we'll save it for our episode review. I've even said on this show, I may not like the spoilers, but if an HD quality version is going to be made available early in English, I'm going to watch it. And it just so happens that the Mexico airings, they've been telecast in English as well, and there's been HD downloads going around. So yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to tweet out all the spoilers or post pictures and, and ruin someone else's experience that may they may want to stay until the u.s episode mm-hmm. so or they may not have the means to download a full episode early i just wish more people would keep that in mind yeah. for their audience anyways um <laughs> we got some more mighty Morphin reboot movie news This time, it's the character descriptions. This info was from Collider, but it was also on The Hollywood Reporter. Nightmare tweeted out the links. Sources close to the movie provided Collider with an exclusive early look at the names of the characters in Power Rangers and the description for each of them. Fans of the original series will be quite pleased to know that the film is going back to the beginning and revisiting some old friends, albeit with much more fleshed-out background stories. Jason, 17 years old, the makings of someone or something great if he would just get out of his own way. Jason was a legend of this town, a freshman quarterback with skills to take him all the way. People knew his name. Children wore his jersey until one night Jason wrapped his car around a pole and busted out his knee. Everything Jason was going to become ended in an instant and with it he lost himself. When we meet him at the start of the film, he's a kid in need of redemption. By the end, he'll be leading this disparate group of teens to shed their individual baggage and find who they truly are. Wow, that's pretty heavy for Jason. Yeah. <laughs> we never got that yeah. in my Th- That is my big praise for these character descriptions is it really fleshes out everyone with a backstory, with motivations, with goals. When we were introduced to the teenagers back when, it was just like... Eh, they're color-coded. They'll do. We didn't find out about them until later on. Oh, they were just basically big tropes Yeah, back then. They were nothing the but tropes. Yeah. The jock, the valley girl. The nerd. The nerd. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on, instead of Jason being a martial artist, he's the star quarterback? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah? I mean, I mean, it sets them apart. These character descriptions set them apart from the TV show, as they should, because it's a reboot. 
Right. And it gives him more opportunity for development, especially yeah. in a more modern day film. In the 90s, the martial arts were a huge craze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's practice as much anymore for younger kids. So making Jason a quarterback, it's instantly relatable. And I think there are some kids that might relate to that if they had an injury and they suddenly are lost and, and don't know what to do. I think that's a nice way to flesh out Jason's character. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, 17 years old, unconventionally cool in all in a way the popular girls wish they were. In fact, she was one of those girls, but isn't anymore. Not since she's returned to school after an absence of six months. Rumors are flying as to why, rumors she seems not to care about, because she's come back with this new rebel without a cause edgy attitude. But the truth is, it's all a deep secret that makes her feel profoundly vulnerable. Okay, is Kimberly, like, the pregnant? I think it sounds totally like Veronica Mars, if anybody has ever seen that show. This basically sounds like season one Veronica Mars. (laughs) I'm not even kidding, so. The backstory does kind of read like either teen pregnancy or something less. This is interesting. I know a lot of people were a little worried because of the edgy attitude. Kind of reminds me of that one episode where Kimberly and and Billy go. The power punks. Yeah, the power punks. Mm -hmm. And she's just all like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, this makes sense. Because there was also that episode where Jason and Tommy were trying out for the football team. Oh my God. We've gone <laughs> Continuity. circle. Ooh, Kimberly has a dark secret. Interesting. She's been gone for six months. That's cool, I guess. <laughs> I just, like, like, she's unconventionally cool in a way that popular girls wish they so were. So it makes it sound like she's some kind of doesn't-give-a-crap hipster. I guess. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. It, it's season one, Veronica Mars. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to trust you on that one, AP. I haven't seen yeah. Veronica Mars either. All right, Trini, 17 years old, mysterious and extremely bright. Her parents constantly move for work, making Trini the perpetual new girl to any school. A loner who owns it, Trini is self-sufficient, contemplative, but always observant. All she wants is to find her gang of friends, but she'll never admit it, least of all to herself. Why do they always have to make the Asian mysterious? <laughs> how, how do we know she's Asian? That's true. We don't. Oh. We don't know the casting. Yeah, who knows if they'll do that. They don't have to stick to They don't. That. We're just assuming because we're mentally thinking of those old characters. Yeah, it's hard not to think of the old it's characters. It's really not. It is really hard, you're right. In this one paragraph, we know more about Trini than we did in the actual series. Still more than we... What do we know about Trini from the original series? She was afraid of heights, and she knew Tai Chi. <laughs> and she could translate Billy's speak, so she was pretty smart. Right, so, okay, that's it. We never really found out more about her. Oh, and she left for a peace conference and was never seen again. And that's, like... <laughs> like I said at the top of the, this segment, I really do appreciate that these are cohesive backstories that lend yeah. to character development. I think each of these character descriptions, they're more relatable to teens today which is what you want if you're doing a reboot mm-hmm. yeah not like the 90s hey guys radical <laughs> more phenomenal oh and i like how all of these they're all 17 mm-hmm. billy 17 years old slight and awkward billy is challenged in his abilities to communicate and interact socially whip smart and sweet but always odd sometimes in a fun way sometimes not billy is a kid with no filter Showing his emotions, 
understanding sarcasm, and dealing with his OCD is a constant challenge. Has never really had any friends and instantly gravitates towards Jason. Okay, when I read this, are they doing a kid with Asperger's syndrome? It's it's gotta be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It just reads so much like that. I mean, those are some of the telltale signs of Asperger's or or some forms of autism is kids can't understand sarcasm or or understand emotions behind certain phrases. And the no filter part, that absolutely ties in. Even if they don't outright state it, it reads completely like that. As someone with a family member, my brother who has Asperger's, when I read Billy, I was like, oh, wow, they're really going to tackle that in this movie. I just hope that they give it the respect and they're at least accurate with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone to be like a parody of Asperger's. Right, or right. I really hope that the writers have treated Billy with the respect that his character deserves. I like that he's still smart, but they don't outright say that he's like a nerdy genius or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The only thing, okay, he has all these problems, but then they throw OCD on top of that. I do like that there's that friends with Jason mm-hmm. aspect to it, because you could see that in the original series, because Billy started learning martial arts from Jason in the original series. So I like that they kind of put a hint of that into this description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach, he's 17 years old, always the life of the party, filled with bravado and swagger, Zach's tough and cool on the exterior, a charming guy who's never had trouble with the one-liner nor lacked confidence around women, a great athlete that's never wanted to play on any team but his own. Zach advertises everything about himself except the truth, which is that he lives in a trailer park with his single mom and because of it feels deeply inferior to all his peers. There's your grim dark. <laughs> I think that's cool for Zach. I like that that his over-the-top personality is just masking that he's got a single parent and he feels inferior because he may be of a lower class. He's living in a trailer park. I think that's cool. I think that's his vulnerability right there, that he's always have to play himself up because no one else is going to. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah, got to be his own hype man because he wants to feel something different than when he goes home and it's just him and his mom. I think that's a fa- yeah. that's a fantastic direction to take the character. I, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I really am. Whether yeah. it's great or whether it's not great, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I really am too. And I just can't wait for all the cool suits and the graphics to start showing up because I would love to see the behind the scenes when they start filming. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. But yeah, so there's all the descriptions and like at the end of Jason's, Jason is leading a desperate group of teens. They need to shed their individual baggage, find who they truly are and and rise to be heroes. I think that's going to be a great message if they pull it off right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really hope that they don't do like the morphing or anything 15 minutes into the movie. I really hope that them becoming Power Rangers is a significant, like that's for the last third of the movie we just see them as teens we're finding out who they are because if this turns into a trilogy we need that strong base of of characters especially if a second movie is going to revolve around one character tommy Mm. we need to get core team we need to know who they are so i really hope that all the power ranger stuff even though this is a movie called power rangers I really hope that's towards the middle to end of the film. Yeah. I want them going like, oh yeah, we're high school. And like you see these tropes 
And then 15 minutes later, they're in the command center. It's like, Ooh, Rangers. Sort like, of like every Spider-Man movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely like to see an extended, I mean, not necessarily a montage, but I'd like to see them sort of debating in their heads of, you know, is this a thing we can do? Should we become these heroes? Can we become these heroes? When we had it in the original show, it was like, eh, we're leaving. Oh, we're under attack. Let's use these things. And then that's when they decided. I like the inner turmoil of it all. Can I balance being a hero with my crap life? I think it would be cool if the first maybe fourth or or half of the movie was kind of like a day in these characters' lives. Like a day at high school which is then interrupted by whatever the monster is or Rita or whoever. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do the origin story and expand Day of the Dumpster, I think you need to show a little bit more of their lives. If these character descriptions are accurate, if they're putting that much character development into these descriptions, I really hope they focus on these characters and do it justice. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to connect with them like that if you're going to yeah. stay with this. If yeah. you're going to want to keep watching this series, you need to actually like the characters. Yeah, you need to like them and you need to identify with them, at mm-hmm. least on some level. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. before they become superhuman and <laughs> start kicking butt. Okay, moving on to the Bristol Balloon Fiesta. It's on our website at rangercommand.com. Uh, you can see a full gallery because in the UK, Saban's Power Rangers participated in the Bristol International Balloon Fiesta as one of the largest balloon festivals in the world. An estimated 500,000 spectators were in attendance, watching as more than 100 hot air balloons took to the skies during the four-day celebration. Saban's Power Rangers debuted two brand new Mighty Morphin Power Ranger balloons at the festival's Night Glow event, which was last Thursday. As the only brand with two balloons featured in the event, the Power Ranger balloons were designed in the likenesses of the iconic red and pink Mighty Morphin Power Ranger helmets. Visitors of the festival were also able to watch the Power Rangers balloons prep, inflate, launch, and land throughout the remaining three days of the event. The Bristol International Balloon Fiesta is a weekend of non-stop family fun, which is a perfect fit for Saban Brands. Power Rangers Brands said Gustavo Antonio Oni, Managing Director, Consumer Products, EMEA at Saban Brands. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are a pop culture phenomenon, and fans of all ages love seeing the larger-than-life red and pink ranger balloons flying high in the sky. This was to promote the UK, which UK fans can tune into Saban's Power Rangers Super Mega Force, which airs daily on Pop and Kicks. An all-new season, Power Rangers Dino Charge, is debuting in the UK on August 31st. I thought all the pictures that they sent us were pretty cool. It's pretty epic to see these, like, larger-than-life hot air balloons. Even if it is just Mighty Morphin, I think it's pretty neat. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish they would do something like that over here. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. If you're listening to this on the debut date of August 22nd, last 
Saturday, which is the 15th. Yesterday, as we're recording this, Yoshi Sidarso, who plays Koda on Power Rangers Dino Charge, he started his own street team for him appearing at conventions and helping promote his stuff, and is called the Yoshi Army. And you can search Yoshi Army on Facebook. It's a closed group, but right now it's very fun, it's very interactive, everyone's really getting into it, and we're glad to be a part of it. Also, we're actually talking with Yoshi, or I was, on Facebook. At some point soon, we're going to have Yoshi on to talk with us, which I am highly excited for. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It, it's yeah. going to be just talking Power Rangers with a Power Ranger fan who happens to be yeah, Power it, it, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk with Yoshi. Hopefully we can get this going soon and have this for a new episode for you guys. Because, yeah, Yoshi's a huge fan of Power Rangers. He's he's watched Super Sentai. He knows what's up. He's a big nerd like us. It's one of the few times that a Power Rangers fan, or right now pretty much the only time that Power Rangers super fan has actually become a Power Rangers. Yoshi's such a great guy. He's really hands-on in this group, which is fantastic. There's just such an energy to it. And yeah, like I said, uh, we're glad to be a part of it. Check it out on Facebook. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. And then finally, one more plug, Power Morphicon tickets are on sale now, August 12th through the 14th, 2016. As we're recording this, we basically have exactly one year until the show, which blows my mind. And right now, Platinum and Gold Passes are sold out completely. Mm. Platinum went, I think... Like right away, right? Like An an hour. It was like an hour or two after they went on sale. And gold took, I think, about a week Hmm. to sell out. So that's pretty incredible. I encourage everyone to pre-order. I got a Gold Ranger pass, even though we're probably all going to get press passes, but I just, I want the swag. We've already reserved our hotel. (laughs) Power Ranger Swag Force. I saw that on TV like two days ago. Oh dear. They're still airing that? They are. I I was reliving all the bad memories. (laughs) (laughs) On Nickelodeon? Yeah, on uh, I think Nicktoons maybe. Oh, God. Yeah, they're still airing it. Samurai was like three years ago. What are they doing? Yeah, and the thing is, it opens up with like a shot of Megaforce team or logo or something, and then the entire thing is just Samurai. I don't understand. (laughs) I hate Swag Force. Swag Force. I'm playing that clip again. I have to play it. It's so dumb. Just insert a clip of it right there in the Why? Why are they still showing that? If you're gonna show that, just show the new trailer for Dino Charge coming back. Don't promote friggin' Swag Force like that. Looks like you're fresh out of swag. In the streets, man, we got the stash. This is for real, better watch it, man. Big city living, gotta take that weight. You really tripping if you think you can escape. Get on stress in this. Anyways. Power Morphicon, we've got our hotel reserved, we're going to get our tickets, we're going to be there, come hell or high water, we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. So, damn right. look out for Ranger Command. And who knows, you may be at some more conventions coming soon. Mm-hmm. 
Now we are going to do the episode review for Power Rangers Dino Charge Episode 9, When Logic Fails. The episode, again, it starts out with the villains instead of the heroes, which I always love that. I don't know why, but I always really love that. Mm -hmm. And it starts off straight away from when the hiatus started. So Fury has the gold charger. He's arguing with Sledge. Poissandra's still mad at Fury for basically stealing the E-Tracer. She's still mad at Fury for that. Sledge is sick of his failures. It doesn't have any more charge. Sledge takes that away from him, gives it to Wrench to figure out what to do. Wrench then goes into the cell block and starts continuing a chess game with the Monster of the Week puzzler. Just leaves the charger on the table, and then Fury just walks in and grabs it, and then he grabs puzzlers like, you're coming with me. I've got a plan. Then we switch back to the museum, and Riley explains to the team, because the team's trying to figure out everyone's motives. Tyler gets confused as Miss Morgan is explaining it, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) And then uh, Riley, like, his mind's going. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of thought the visual effects for Riley's thinking were lame. It was really weird. It made me think of, like, Scorpion or a beautiful mind or, you know, like, they're they're showing this where it's like, okay, this equates into this and this equation is this and this maps out like this. It's like, "Eh, we don't really need to see (laughs) that, do we? (laughs) But, yeah, he's doing things like, and and you can hear him mumbling like, oh, the circumference of this. Yeah. And even, like, like, half the time when he was doing all that math stuff. He didn't need to do all that math stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was like they were just adding and enter into it. They were like shoving all that stuff in there to be like, "Oh, Riley's the nerd. He does math." <laughs> yeah, math is for nerds. This was the same Riley who, in like the second episode, didn't know how to fix his bike when it broke down. So, y- you know, it's <laughs> like. Really? We should have had a montage there of him being like, let's see, the internal combustion engine runs on gasoline. <laughs> Catalytic converter. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and you see these like weird equations fly by and it's like, dude, you're looking at what's essentially the mousetrap game yeah. with your three marbles going Those- on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he uses the marble analogy for Poissandra, Fury, and Sledge. They all have different agendas, but they're on the same path, the same goal, which is to basically, they're still trying to find Energems, but they're going about it on different ways. And I thought it was interesting that Wiley pointed out that there's greed, which is Sledge, love, Poissandra, and revenge, which is Fury. Mm -hmm. And when that came up, it kind of reminded me of Kiruger because all the villains are different emotional factions. Right, essentially. right. And so I thought that line from the writers, or basically Chip Lynn, I thought that was a great nod to Kiruger. What I liked is this is a nice throwback to the lesson that Keeper gave him when him and Chase yes. had the same goal and they went about it in different ways. And this was him 
sort of having the revelation of like, oh yeah, the villains are doing the exact same thing, so my team needs to understand that. Hey, this is just like when this happened. That was a really smart idea to have Riley be the one to explain it like that. Exactly, and it's that consistency of the writing and that internal continuity within the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great to see one of the Rangers taking Keeper's advice to heart. And it proves one thing. Keeper is absolutely the best mentor we've had for the last (laughs) three or four years. Absolutely. He's actually mentoring. (laughs) And it's it's sticking. It's it's sticking sticking. with the Rangers. Oh, God, it's it's amazing. I can totally get past Keeper's look because he's written well and the Rangers are, they're learning from him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. He may look like E.T.'s bastard child, but he's more like Yoda. <laughs> he's got the looks of E.T. and the uh, mental fortitude of the Yoda. of Yoda. It's great. And then they basically come to the conclusion that the only place with equipment powerful enough to energize a dino charger is this abandoned lab for some reason? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, by the way... There was this lab that could charge all these things, but uh, we left it years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand that. I get it if you just want to have a location to do these things, but why couldn't the monsters just take over, like, an existing real lab? And I know, probably budget, whatever. But it just, to me, it made no sense that this abandoned lab still has this functioning equipment that's apparently super powerful, (laughs) just lying around. Yep. Yep. Where you've got kids in the courtyard playing big chess. (laughs) (laughs) Big chess. I thought it was hilarious that Puzzler was getting mad at the children outside that they weren't doing the right moves. Overall, I really like Puzzler. Yeah, Yeah. Puzzler had a really great personality. It was really fun watching him berate the kids. Like, what are you doing? That's the wrong move. And I love that he was so mischievous and that he actually had powers that affected the physical environment. I love the illusions that he created to make this whole abandoned lab become one huge maze. He was creating walls and hiding doors. And there's kind of that cartoonish moment where Tyler opens one door, goes through it, and he's at the end of the hallway. Yeah, I like when monsters have unique powers like that. It's not just, oh, I'm the monster of the week and I can blast you with my ice rays. There is a little bit more to it with Puzzler. Puzzler sets up this huge trap for the rangers when they get in there. But before that, I like how they discovered the place because... Chase was coming back with pizza. Right. And when Puzzler scared these kids, they like knocked into Chase. It was an epic fail. The pizza went flying everywhere, which I thought was funny. (laughs) But Chase was like legitimately pissed off at those kids. He was like, hey, (laughs) what the the heck, basically? That was a great fight between him and Puzzler. Mm -hmm. Unmorphed fight. It was great. And then he warned the Rangers. They found out about this uh, abandoned lab. They all entered it. Meanwhile... Fury is using this old lab equipment with Wrench, we see the glowy energy thing from the last episode. And that's what he's using to charge the uh, Terra charger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Riley gets the idea in his head. He sees the the air vents, and he thinks, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll use the vents to escape, and that's when he stumbles onto the scene. In a weird way, it gave me white light flashbacks. Yes! I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yes. It's like when Billy was in the command center's vents, and he looked down and saw that Zordon was working on the White Ranger. That was a total flashback. Yeah. I don't think that was a mistake. I, I don't think. I mean, it can't have been. I think Chip, either consciously or subconsciously, was like, hey, let's throw that in. Oh, that was such a great throwback. Yeah. And the shots were kind of similar. When Billy had it, you could see the grating shadow over his face. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with Riley. And it was the same was- color of light too, which is interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked when Riley followed him up to the roof, and Fury's talking with Puzzler, and Puzzler's just kind of, like, lounging around, and he has these huge sunglasses, (laughs) and he's, like, sipping on this drink. It was hilarious. I love that moment. I just, I love it when the monsters have more personality than, again, just some standard villain of the week. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why I really like Puzzler. He was legitimately funny. And this episode had a lot of great humor in it with Coda's hunger the entire time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but he started the episode hungry. Yeah. He was waiting for Chase's... Uh, Chase to bring the pizza. And then when Chase is like, oh, sorry, buddy. And Coda just had this super just, disappointment. You just hear this growling from his stomach like... <laughs> It was great because once the Rangers got trapped, Shelby was in this never-ending staircase. Right. Tyler was in the never-ending hallway. Chase was also in a high in a hallway, but like really high up. At one moment, you know, he opened this door and he was almost going to fall out of the building into traffic, yeah. which I thought was, was kind of a cool shot. Yeah. Coda. He gets distracted and he finds this vending machine with like a cookie in it, <laughs> and I just like that he just went cookie. <laughs> he just went full on Cookie Monster. And it's one of those classic tropes where he's like internal monologue. I was like, he's looking right. for the money. He's like, I gotta find the coin to put in, and then he does, and of course it gets, gets, stuck. gets stuck. And I was like, I call it immediately. I was like, it's gonna get stuck, isn't it? And it got stuck. And I was just like, yep. Basically, tried to crawl like inside the vending machine to get to the stuck cookie. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. And ratty old vending machine with it's all dusty, but yet it still somehow has power. And who knows how old those cookies are, but Coda is, like, super determined to get something to eat. And then Riley basically gets everyone out of their never-ending maze thing by throwing marbles, his marbles from earlier, at oddly precise angles through the air vents. So he's on the roof. He was still on the roof when Fury and the Puzzler were talking. And Riley had this choice to make internally. He's like, well, I could go after Fury right now and get the Dino Charger, or I could help save my friends now. And this whole time, the Rangers start freezing because Puzzler not only made this never-ending loop, but he also made it so that they would freeze to death, essentially. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Coda was not affected at all by the cold. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a caveman. I didn't think of it at the time, but now that you mention it, yeah, that is a really great attention to detail. Which I don't think we would have got in Super Megaforce. If this were Super Megaforce, that detail would have been overlooked. Probably. It's that Chiplin attention to detail. And yeah, everyone's got like the cold breath coming out. 
But Coda didn't even have any of that. He wasn't phased at all by this cold. And I thought that was a super smart way to remind viewers that are watching that, yeah, he's a caveman from the Ice Age. He has mm-hmm. this incredible strength. Mm-hmm. And he can survive that stuff. The only thing that was distracting him was his hunger for a cookie. <laughs> like, like, for anything. And I love the resolution of that whole cookie fiasco. Yeah. So Riley challenges Puzzler to his game of chess. It looked like three-dimensional chess from Star Trek. That's what it looked I like. I thought the exact same thing. And as I was watching it, I thought, I bet Eric's going to bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that, um, wasn't his, like, alien chess set? That was not in Kyoruger. No, wasn't it from, like, um, a different season of Power Rangers, though? Like, the prop itself? I'm not I sure. No. I'm I th- reminded, kind of, from space, I think, when they had the chess pieces of the Psycho Rangers. But I think that was just on a standard board. I don't think that was on a... I, I just, yeah. I feel like I've seen the chess set somewhere before. Mm. I don't know. I don't Fandom, know. get on that. Let us know. Let us know what the yeah. prop was. Because if it, if it was a reused prop, that's awesome. Whether it was reused or if it was completely made brand new for this episode, still, it's that bit of originality that wasn't in Kilruger mm-hmm. that... I think we can all really appreciate. That's I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I preferred this version of Puzzler as opposed to the Kyoryuja version. In the Kyoryuja version, he just put them in... They were all at a carnival. And okay. it was like a, a mirror maze and some other things. A carnival episode. And that's fine. Yeah. I really think I preferred this version over that. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is... It's not often when Power Rangers does that. But <laughs> uh, hey, when it happens, it happens. And it's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Basically, yeah. Riley throws the marbles at the oddly precise angles. They bounce through the air vents and manage to reach all of the trapped rangers. Yeah, for one, Riley didn't know their exact locations. Yeah. How could he? He brain manned it. I don't know. <laughs> he, he just, <laughs> I love the really subtle and nonchalant way that he was throwing the marbles to as he's playing yeah. this game of chess with Puzzler and he's just over the shoulder, behind the back. <laughs> You see those dumb angle things pop out of his head, and it's like, ooh, if I measure this, it was a little hokey. And all of them realize that, oh, wait, it's from the vent. I should go into the vent. Yeah. Yeah. So when Koda got his marble, though, he sort of wonders if he should go or if he should get the cookie first. And then when he leaves, he knocks over something. And it turns out that all of the boxes surrounding the vending machine were also filled with cookies. And he could have gotten as many cookies as he wanted this entire time. That is one of those classic comedy things that I love. Yeah, props to Yoshi for that epic flip up the grate. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) Koda is amazing. He's so funny and innocent. And you feel for the guy, even though you're not like... Oh, man, yeah, I could really go for a cookie right now, too. But we've all been there where we're so hungry. We're just like, ah. And when it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, come on. (laughs) I instantly laughed when he knocked over the box and it was just all cookies. But Coda stayed true to himself and to help his friends. And when they all showed up on the roof, he kind of grabs his stomach a little bit. (laughs) It was hilarious. Yeah. There was a line that Chase said. He said, Riley, you beauty. And I guess some shippers went nuts. There's got to be something between them. It's actually New Zealand slang for someone's genius move. Like, oh, you beauty. Like, oh, you figured it out. Yeah. You hear it a lot. Like, I think it's, 
I don't know if it's, it might also be a New Zealand thing. I, I know I get a lot of it from British stuff too. And yeah. of course, keeping in mind that Chase's actor was in England before Dino Charge started, I think. I'm remembering correctly. When you say th- something is beauty, you're like, "Oh, right, that's a that's a great idea, a smart move." Yeah, I thought it fit, and again, it's it's just that consistent character development mm-hmm. where Chase has already said some weird New Zealand terms before, yeah. like squiz and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe kids think that's funny or Chase is being weird. I thought it was hilarious, and I'm glad that they're sticking true and really showing a New Zealander in this show. I think that's a good way to add even more cultural diversity to the show. Absolutely. Yeah, they all get on the roof. They start kicking butt. Puzzler was still hilarious. Fury found the location of the Terrazord. It looked like the exact same volcano that Rexy came out of. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's up with that. Probably just a recycled shot. The Terra Charger, when Fury activated it, actually says Pterodactyl during the summoning sequence. But... On the toy, it's Pteranodon. That's where Terra comes from, from Pteranodon, not Pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. Just a weird glitch on the visual effects part. But we've seen them change it for the U.S. airing before. Mm-hmm. Because there was one episode that leaked early, I remember this, and one of the, the chargers was wrong. And they changed it for the actual Nickelodeon airing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, they changed it from second run or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think if enough people bring it up, I think they'll do it again for this. Mm-hmm. Fury is controlling it. So we get the Terrazord debut. It doesn't go into Megazord mode. It's just flying around with all these lightning attacks. And the Dino Charge Megazord, they still have to fight Puzzler. And then when they blow him up and he starts flying in the air, the Terrazord does his lightning strike and actually blows up Puzzler a second time which destroys him, which I thought was a very cool effect. And it shows that maybe the Terrazord still has good in it, even though it's controlled by Fury. Because even Fury was like, whoops, my my bad kind of thing. Like, oh, it shouldn't have done that. Um, So he didn't have complete control of it, which I thought was a nice touch. But then he gets back to the ship, and now Sledge is more receptive because now he has complete, well, not complete control, but he has control of a Zord. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, Sledge and Fury walk out discussing plans and Poissandra's complaining about being ignored and then the door closes on her and she does her foot stamp and then it opens. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's hilarious. It was a great moment at the, at the end of the episode for them. Absolutely. So at the end, they finally get pizza and Coda's going nuts. Mm-hmm. Riley and Tyler have a talk and Riley tells Tyler that he saw the gold energy thing that was inside Fury that that what Tyler described to them. Tyler starts freaking out. He's like, whoa, you saw it? They're speculating that whatever's in there is trapped and they have to save it. Mm -hmm. And it leads into some great foreshadowing as to what's to come in later episodes but they really left off on a sense of urgency. Like, this is their next goal. Not only do they have to deal with the Terrazord, but they still have to deal with Fury and whatever this gold thing is. Yeah. This golden energy. Overall, I thought it was a good episode. I 
did not like the weird... The beautiful uh, mind parts. The beautiful yeah. mind. I didn't like those effects. I think if you're going to say when logic fails and Riley's being logical, I don't think logic dictates to super smart analytical powers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can be logical, but you're not going to have equations flying out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring out all this stuff. It's kind of like the Star Trek parallel. Spock was smart, but... He was logical, but they don't necessarily go together all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Overall, I thought it was an okay episode. I did like the reveal of the Terrazord. I loved Puzzler. Puzzler right now is, I think, one of my favorite monster of the week right now. Mm -hmm. Just because of his personality. I love those oversized sunglasses. I don't care what anyone says. That was <laughs> that was legitimately funny for me when he's just lounging on that rooftop getting sun. Yeah. It was fantastic. I loved Puzzler. I would have to agree with you. I really liked Puzzler and it wasn't like a great episode, but I still right. enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Same with you, Eric. I really liked the humor. I really liked Puzzler. I really freaking loved Coda's whole quest for cookies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cookie. <laughs> it was hilarious. You know, I don't know if the whole Beautiful Mind thing bothers me quite as much. They were trying to visualize to show, I guess, right. how he was trying to think these things out. And they were just using generic mathematic equations and right. stuff like that. But yeah, I think it was a good episode. We have not really had a bad episode. Even a filler episode like this, because it did feel like kind of a filler episode, especially after the end of episode eight, where we got that epic fight between Fury and Tyler. Mm -hmm. I felt like this was a weaker way to come back from a hiatus. Mm -hmm. But again, even an okay episode of Dino Charge is better than some of the shows that we've got the past few (laughs) years. An okay episode of Dino Charge is better than some of the best episodes of... Megaforce. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. And I like that because we're really invested in in these characters. And when they were put to the test like that, their personalities were still consistent and they showed through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even Coda's just hungry. (laughs) That's what he does. Coda kicks butt and he's hungry and he's lovable. That's exactly what happened in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's consistent Coda. I just came up with a thing. Consistent, <laughs> consistently go to meme, folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't forget to use hashtag right. Yoshi Army. <laughs> consistent Koda. Yes, yes. Hashtag Yoshi Army. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> so now uh, we actually got a question from Ranger Nation on our Ask dot fm slash ranger command ph from Ask FM. We had an anonymous user who asked. Ninja Storm versus Dino Thunder versus SPD. Who comes out on top using only their civilian powers? No morphing. Oh. Mm. This is a good one. Yeah. I wish it wasn't anonymous because There's this is a very good question. Great, great question like this, absolutely. I feel like it almost depends on what type of environment they're in. Like if it's an urban environment, SPD has the edge. Yeah. Yeah. If it's in the woods... Ninja Storm. Yeah. yeah. And then Dino Thunder's uh, sort of like in the middle no matter where they're at. Yeah. yeah, that works for both. And here's the other thing too. Ninja Storm and SPD both have training. That's Dino true. Thunder, they don't really have the, the training that the other teams do. This is a really good question. Wow. I mean, really, this could go anyway. 
I'm going to say Ninja Storm, though, that they might oh. have just that little bit more of an edge because their powers are pretty much derived from the elements. And no matter where you're at, there's some sort of yeah. air, water, or earth, or thunder, yeah. if you're including the other ones and stuff. So I feel like they've and got plus, a little bit more of an edge. Plus their ninja skills as yeah. well, like how they can hide and run on water or, or whatever. Yeah. The typical ninja skills. I'm going to have to agree with you. As much as I love SPD, Sky can create energy barriers. Sid can make her body into different metals or, or elements. Bridge has got that psychic sense, which I don't think is going to really help in a fight, other than to maybe see where they're coming from before they get there. The only real good ones in combat would be Sky for defensive, Z for offensive, just because of you've got an instant army right there. Mm-hmm. And then I think Jax is more defensive as well. I mean, he can just phase in and out of things. So he could phase out of attacks. But I don't think Bridge, his powers would go well in a fight. Mm -hmm. And with Sid, it depends on what the environment is that she can get her elements from. She also carries that thing on her belt, She does. But still, I mean... Still. And that's more for, like, close quarters combat, too. Mm -hmm. Close quarters sit against someone from the Ninja Academy. I'm going to give it to Ninja Storm. Mm -hmm. And I love how we just automatically discounted Dino (laughs) Thunder. Yeah, like, they've got cool powers, but, like, let's get real here. They don't... They don't have the training of either SPD or Ninja Storm. Right. Which, when you take away morphing, they have to rely back on their training. Mm -hmm. All of the civilian fights in Dino Thunder, it was more of just like a kind of like a high school brawl type of situation. (laughs) The situational fighting that they got themselves into, it felt more like Mighty Morphin, where they had some physical skills, but they were still kind of stumbling when it came to fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. Screeching, that's only going to go so far. Again, with the close quarters combat, I don't think Ethan, I mean, he's just invulnerable, just tougher skin. Mm -hmm. And then Connor is the one with the huge edge there with the speed. Mm -hmm. But again, one person against five ninjas or six ninjas. Yeah. And they all have super speed. With their training. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and didn't they have like a duplicating technique? The ninjas? Yeah. I think they might have, yeah. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're giving it to Ninja Storm. The epic, I think that's pretty unanimous. Yep, the epic civilian power beatdown title goes to Ninja Storm. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Your winner and still champion. <laughs> All right, so for you, listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. More recently, I have finished the second and third books in the Silo series by Hugh Howey, uh, which are called Shift and Dust. The mysteries of the first book, Wool, are exposed as readers and listeners see the origins of the centuries-old underground silos keeping the last of humanity alive. It's a really great series. I definitely think you guys should pick it up, or any of our listeners should pick it up. So there you go. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph to get your free audiobook. And uh, once again, thank you to audible.com for supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Ooh, we love you, Audible. <laughs> we love you. 
So we're getting into kind of our main topic, and, and we've touched upon it a little bit this episode. And our Ranger Nation Answers question was, what are your thoughts on spoilers when it comes to Power Rangers? And what is a spoiler for you? So I'm going to ask you, Zach and AP, what are your guys' thoughts on this? You know, spoilers, sometimes I don't care. Sometimes it's like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, whatever. But then there's other times where it's like, if I find out this before I see it for myself, I'm going to murder someone. (laughs) Um, And that that tends to happen a lot, especially in regards to, like, video games with me. Uh, I think I mentioned last episode that, like, I somehow survived the big twist of uh, Arkham Knight not being spoiled for me. And that's one of those things where if I had found out, I would have been kind of pissed. But spoilers is really situational it it depends like if i find out something about star wars the new star wars movie that's coming out before time i'll be pretty upset because i'm looking forward to the fun and the mystery of the new star wars movie but i am actively seeking out new information for what's coming on arrow this season what's coming on the flash this season because i love looking forward to that stuff well what about when it comes to power Rangers? when it comes to power rangers honestly there are some things that are better left unspoiled like the debut of new rangers or a twist with the villains or something like that as far as other stuff like I mean, you're not going to spoil me by saying, oh, in an episode coming up, Coda eats a pizza and gets pizza all over his face. <laughs> That's funny. I look forward to seeing that. I, I wouldn't call that a spoiler. <laughs> right, right. AP, how about you? I'd have to agree with what Zach says, like how some spoilers make him look forward to it. Right. And that's how I feel with most things. If I see a spoiler for something that I watch or a movie or whatnot, I usually don't care because even now I'm finding Mm -hmm. out this plot point, I don't know exactly how it happens or circumstances surrounding it or anything like that. And I feel like when you put things in context, you're still going to get surprised in some way. But if it's like a huge, huge, like intended to be like a huge surprising reveal in the episode or something, then... Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like hearing about it beforehand. But what about when it comes to Power Rangers, specifically Dino Charge? I'd have to just reiterate what I just said, pretty much. Like, okay. if it's a big reveal, then, yeah, I don't really want to hear about it. But if it's something else, then it's still sort of surprising for me in the end, so I don't care. For me, I guess I don't appreciate it when people actively spoil things for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that kind of ticks me off about it. And in relation to Dino Charge, specifically just because of these Latin American airings, that's the thing. They're they're not airing here. And I said before, not everyone in this fandom has the means to download those episodes or they're actively just waiting for the real release of it. And I don't think it's fair when others just throw up images of the new episode Mm -hmm. and reveal things that may have been a surprise, like maybe a new mode or a new Megazord or something significant that happens in the episode. Right, right. Personally, I think that's kind of... I think that's that's a bad move, especially when it's coming from sites in our own fandom that are watched by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think if you're actively spoiling a show, at least with images, 
And not everyone knows that you can hide images from showing up in your timeline on Twitter. I just wish that the sites that are helping to promote Power Rangers, I just hope that they would keep those fans yeah. in mind. Like, yeah. I feel like any any spoilers that you share with someone should be of more of a, like, a spoiler, have, if you guys have ever been to SpoilerTV.com. Right. Sort of like that, where you have to actively want yeah. to see the spoilers in order to see them. In the headlines, with, they might just post major character death, but you won't know which one unless you actually click on it or exactly. something like that. So mm-hmm. I will have to say a shout out to our friends at Toku Nation. When the actor for the gold Dino Charge Ranger was revealed, they did the exact same thing. You had to actively click that spoiler button to find out who the actor was that's playing yeah. the Gold Ranger. Mm-hmm. Nightmare with the power scoop, she's got the same policy with it all. Like she said that if, exactly. if something happened, she'll just post sort of like a link to it. And if you want to see it, you want to see it. But I think right. that's the most important thing is offering your reader, your viewer, your listener that choice to say, hey, this is a spoiler. This is what something, you know, someone would consider a spoiler. Click at your own risk, listen at your own risk, read at your own risk, but just know that it's out there. And if you choose to spoil yourself, by all means, go ahead. If you choose to wait and be surprised when the show airs, then don't click this. Offer that choice. Don't just be out of line and go, this is all the new information right here in the public eye or anyone can see it and stumble on it. I just think that's very clickbaity. I think that's just like, hey, we're getting this information out first. Who cares about our fans or our readers that don't want to see this information? And even if you post the word spoiler in your tweet beforehand, it's like people still see the rest of it. Like, you're not hiding anything from anyone. I think what Toku Nation did is a good example. It's like, look, here's the link to the article. And even within the article, once you went there, they still hit it behind a spoiler tag. Like, you had to click that button. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if you really want to see it, you're going to see it and you're going to go out of your way to see it. But if you don't want to see it, it's easy to say, oh, just scroll past that tweet because it's like, okay, Toku Nation linked to it, but I'm not going to click the link. Right. Move on. But if you're forcing your audience that information or those screen caps and they don't want to see it, that sucks for them. I think it's a bad practice. It, It just comes off as like, hey, look at our content, screw what you think. To me, that just seems disrespectful to the audience. Anyways, we're going to find out what our listeners thought about this in our Ranger Nation Answers segment. So first on Twitter, Aunt Carrie Clan said, With TV, wait two weeks before spoiling. I consider only major plot points to be spoilers. Also, if an actor is a secret. I agree with that. And for myself, casting, I don't consider that a spoiler. And I don't consider episode summaries a spoiler. Mm-hmm. It's like a one-sense synopsis of what's going to happen. You don't know all the details. Right. There's a difference between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader engage in their most epic battle yet, as opposed to, right. like, <laughs> hey, guess what? Spoilers. By the way, there's no spoiler warning on freaking Empire Strikes Back. If you haven't seen right. it yet, your own fault. But that there's a difference between, like, they have this epic battle. That's when Luke finds out Darth Vader is actually his father. Yeah, and, <laughs> and all in caps, like, Darth Vader is his father. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. Here's my spoiler tweet. Res- you you know? have to exercise responsibility and restraint. I, I know it's so tempting to just be like, we have the new scoop that, you know, Ricky Martin's going to be in the Power Ranger movie. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, he was in an episode of Glee I just watched recently. But uh, <laughs> it's the only celebrity name I could think of, and it's not even really that big a celebrity name. <laughs> but you know, not even a celebrity. He's a singer. <laughs> um. Anyways. But but yeah, like like exercise caution. Again, just it's it's about respect. It's it's about realizing yeah. that not all of your readership, your viewership, whatever, your fans want to know that information right away. Yeah, there's a difference between being promotional and spoiling something. Yeah, and tweets with just pictures in them, like kindly f- off. It's <laughs> <laughs> just that's horrible. Anyways, the Ranger Talk at the Ranger Talk just said you guys opened another can of worms. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it's- Trust me, it's not as big as our as our. <laughs> we don't open cans of worms so much as we open like industrial sized gallon drums of worms, like shipping, Ew, like shipping containers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or shipping containers. Oh, <laughs> file it <laughs> in the jar. Yeah, file it in the bed. Joke repository. <laughs> Kyle at Deadpool underscore Ranger says, I hate them. I don't want to know the whole plot, but I don't mind minor details, like who is playing who. Lucky Akaza at Tokyo2Go says, Depends. If it's something important to the plot, I hate spoilers. If it's an actor or something, bring it on. I don't care. Brian Dagley at Shukuin Shinobi said, Don't care. Never cared. Tell me everything. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Solomon D at Sullyman underscore D says, To me, a spoiler is an unexpected story element. I only seek spoilers if I think a season is lackluster. And you know what? I did that with Mega Force and Super Mega Force. Like, I was like, I don't care. Yeah. because you're looking season. for something to be excited about. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. like when a season yeah. sucks, you're like, give me something to look forward to. Give me something to stay emotionally yeah. invested in this. When those French episodes were airing for Super Mega Force, I was looking for like any hope that those last <laughs> few episodes were going to be good. Yeah. And then when I saw the spoilers for Legendary Battle, I was like, F- it, I'm done. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm done. RJ Sills Uchihabro 77 at Anime Redneck 96 said, what actually happens in an episode or movie, like a plot twist or something, I don't really care if someone reveals a character, long as they don't reveal everything they do in an episode. John at Tyranna John said, revealing things like cast and brief summaries are okay, but don't purposely spoil things like plot twists. Luke Eurley at Undead Number 9. I hope I didn't butcher his last name again. I always get stuck no, with you got, it. you got it right. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say I get it's, stuck with, but I just always have the hard name. Anyway, at Undead Number 9 says, I'm generally okay with them if it's simply just who's playing a role. But as far as plot details, a lot of picks and twists to the story, then that bothers me. It takes the excitement out of waiting to see what takes place in the episode for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tyler Bozetsky at Tucson PR Zealot said... A detail or details that you never knew coming, not even hinted at. We were spoiled of the legendary battle thanks to France, Russia, Bren, and pitchers from JDF Ego. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Riddle at Solaris Knight said, Anything treated as a major reveal that changes how the story works. Like if Fury was Tyler's dad, that would be a spoiler. Or the Mystic Force family tree. Oh, yeah, that was a huge plot detail. Yeah. If that was spoiled, I would have been like, ah, eh, crap. Yeah. Like, it just sucks the enjoyment out of watching the episodes because you kind of know what's going to happen. 
Ryan Cox, at Ryan Cox 20 says, Images or character that I don't want known about until I see said episode, he, she premieres. I try to avoid spoilers then. Facebook, Robbie Eleanor said, I often say spoiler to friends if I haven't seen it yet, but if I'm listening to a podcast after an episode airs, I should know what you're going to talk about. Vince Ariola said, For me, a spoiler is something you had no idea would happen, such as, well, X person died in a show, or guess who they brought back at the end? I've avoided most spoilers for Power Rangers so far, but some fans have been insistent on telling every single detail. It's cool to be excited, but it's not good to ruin it for others. The Walking Dead is challenging. I don't use social media for two days. Ha ha. <laughs> um, yeah, agree with that yep. one. <laughs> Other fandoms definitely live tweet every single thing that happens, such as Arrow and Flash. I used to watch the next day, but cannot now, since the show will be broken down detail by detail by Twitter and Facebook. Thankfully, with Power Rangers, I don't have a mass flood of messages about it, so it's been easier. I do miss the days before social media. It was much easier to avoid spoilers, when you could just enjoy a show like everyone else and avoid Rita headaches. You know, I'm guilty of Arrow, Flash, spoiler tweeting, because... I get so excited about what I just saw that I have to tell people and I have to share and I have to hear other people's opinions. So the first thing I can think to do is make a big Facebook post, make a tweet and just be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this happened. And oh, my gosh. And in the heat um, of the moment, I just get overexcited. Yeah. I do live tweet when I'm watching those shows, but I'm careful that I'm not really spoiling anything. I'm just doing reactions like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, I can't believe Oliver did that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not really spoiling anything. So if if you're watch if you're on my friends list and you're watching the show with me. I've gone. I've done tweets like that, and the other person's been like, "Oh yeah, I'm watching it too. I can't believe he did that either." But you're being super vague about it. So, <laughs> if someone sees it on your timeline, it's like, "Oh, I guess Oliver did something then. Yeah, like yeah. he does things. That's not a spoiler." Like, and again, because I was talking earlier about like I'm actively seeking out this stuff. I discover. Well, I shouldn't say I discover. I should. I found out because it was posted. But there's some interesting uh, season four info coming out for Arrow that I I am very excited for and hope. And you know what? I'm actually going to avoid that. <laughs> okay, then mm-hmm. I will. I will just zip but, the lip. <laughs> but but that's the thing. It's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I think what gives me such a headache. That was a good segue, Vince. Uh, <laughs> avoid Rita headaches. I think what gives me a headache is what we talked about earlier. When someone forces someone else to see those spoilers without giving them any warning. I think that's the thing that really gives me a headache within the fandom. We get it. It's airing in Latin America. It's going to be done and over with in France in a month. Or, geez, less than a month. Just take the steps to respect your viewers or your listeners or your followers or whatever. Do a link that has something hidden behind it. Don't post exact images. Be vague on your tweets. Give people a choice to participate in those spoilers. And I think what makes this harder to avoid spoilers, at least for Dino Charge, is that there is no real set time that these spoilers are happening. You'll get it when the episode airs in France or when it airs in Latin America. Yeah, that's a set time. 
and people were talking about at that time. But then you still get people that will download it, watch it a couple days later, and then they're tweeting out spoilers for the same episode. And it's that unpredictable nature, I think, if you're not at least being respectful of others that don't want spoilers then there's more chances for other people to be spoiled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if we could just boil it down to a catchphrase, it would be like, make spoilers voluntary, not mandatory. Yes, yeah. thank you. I think that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Anything else uh, you guys want to add before we wrap this up? Looking forward to more Dino Charge. Yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad we're getting the slow trickle of new content. Oh yeah. I can't wait for that episode ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's be fair, we've already all yeah. seen it. Uh, no, we have, but we're not going to talk about it until right, later. Right, I can't wait uh, for that episode eleven. <laughs> wait, what? Nothing. just a couple last minute things i want to tell you guys about right now we have a contest going on it's our last summer of nostalgia contest we have it on our facebook it's also on our contest page at rangercommand.com basically you retweet our tweet with the summer of nostalgia 3 prize in it which is a set of five Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comics. These were the one-page exclusive comics with that beautiful art that was at San Diego Comic-Con. This set has the original five Rangers. It does not include Tommy, just to throw that out there, but they are beautiful illustrations. Yeah, right now I think we've got over 100 retweets, which has pretty much surpassed our other two Summer of Nostalgia prizes. And then I finally got a prize for the Hunt for AP contest. (laughs) Recently, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, the complete season, came out on DVD. I actually found a couple volumes at my local Walmart, Mm -hmm. and they were like 15 bucks. It's a really great deal for one season of Power Rangers. And it's a great season of Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do finally have the prize for the hunt for ap and no one has found her yet <laughs> i haven't been on lately for like a good couple weeks but i'm, I'm gonna ramp that up okay. and sometimes i do log on without telling people but eh. so be be vigilant yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we also picked up another volume of lightspeed rescue and this will be for our Patreon supporters for the month of August raffle. One lucky supporter is going to get the full season of Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Mm-hmm. It's a super pink cover <laughs> because Dana's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Allison McGinnis. Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. And even if you don't win it, that's a really good price. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's five, four or five discs. You're getting your money. That's a lot there. of episodes for fifteen bucks. It's like forty yeah. something episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that's huge. Mm-hmm. So get on that, <laughs> Ranger Nation. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail dot com or check us out at rangercommand.com. After this, we've got our August extra episode. And then after that, it's our 50th numbered episode. What? Do we have something special planned or? I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and maybe Yoshi will be our 50th, which would be amazing. That would be pretty awesome. If you're listening, Yoshi, let's make that happen. (laughs) Um, 
No, he's traveling out of the country right now. But he did tell us if he gets uh, some good Wi-Fi connection, we will be able to record on Skype. Coming soon. (laughs) Yoshi on RCPH. Until next time, we'll see you later, guys. Yep, see you later. Bye. Bye. Power Rangers Dino Charge. Okay, there we go. (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, but, you know. Oh, this is four-sided. I'm retarded. <laughs> I was just playing with the charger, and I realized that, like, oh, there's four sides. I thought there was only three. That's in Japan. <laughs> no, Japan only had two. Or did three. Now you make me, now you make me want to go check my Jujenshi. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, dorks. Um... <laughs> You lead us. What does that say about you? I, I'm the lead dork. <laughs> you are king dork. All right. Are you guys ready? God, we should have been doing this an hour ago. I am so sorry. That's eh, fine. Uh, no, it's not. It's you act like I have somewhere to be. I don't. How about you, AP? No, man. I, like, woke up from an unexpected nap about 20 <laughs> minutes before we were supposed to go on here, so... <laughs> uh... All right. Uh, now that we've established that we all have no lives. Uh, <laughs> sources sources close to the movie. See, that's how you do it, El Miambe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not, Not, I wrote some fanfic that I want out there. Speaking of fanfic, totally unrelated, but... I'm Is it reading unrelated? this really. I'm re- I'm reading this like really fanfic right now, awesome. where um, <laughs> Oliver Queen on Arrow dresses up as a woman and goes undercover in his own company, and it's like an alternate. It's like a really alternate alternate universe fanfic, Amazing. and. <laughs> the author's like, oh my gosh, he's got this really convincing mask, and when he puts the wig on, and I'm like, no. Like <laughs> what is this Mission Impossible with those exactly. like latex face masks? Exactly, <laughs> it's like the it's the most awful thing I've ever read. But I keep re- I keep reading it, and I can't stop. <laughs> the, the only thing that concerns me about Arrow, Stephen Amell, Oliver Queen, whoever, is holy crap, he's wrestling at SummerSlam next weekend. I'm not into wrestling. But I saw when he appeared on Monday yeah. and uh, kicked Stardust or whatever. Oh, God, it was awesome. And and when um, when Stardust, like, slapped him in the crowd, yeah. Stephen Amell, like, launched over that ring. Dude, like, I was like, God, that, dude, like, he looked pissed. That's his, that's his own parkour training. Because a lot of people don't realize he does a lot of his own stunts on the show. Oh, I know. So, that. like, I know oh, you know yeah. that, but like, it's like, so people were like, "Man, he's really pretty athletic." It's like, well, dude, he does. He puts in the work. Like, when you see him yeah. parkour and jump over the barrier, then one hop onto the ring, like you're just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he, all the fighting. I mean, he trains with those chore- uh, choreography guys. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen behind the scenes videos, like um, the mid season uh, of this past season when he was. Fighting that guy because I know AP's still watching. <laughs> but you know I'm time out. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sword fighting, and I was like, Dude. yeah, he he really puts 110 percent in, and 
like, because he is such a fan of wrestling, he has been since he was a kid, for him, oh, that's for cool. him getting to fulfill that dream, that I'm excited for him. And I was watching on Monday night, and instant it happened, I was, like, on the edge of my seat, and just like, yeah, get him, Steve, beat his ass! Like, I, I, I marked <laughs> out, I, I marked out hard. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another great presentation by the 4 Radio Network. You can find more information at 4